Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students, and I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I am super excited to introduce my guest. He's currently reoccurring as Felix Long in the hit television series Yellowstone opposite Kevin Costner. His acting career has covered seven decades, starting with the hit TV Western The High Chaparral in 1969. He starred as Win, the half-breed Indian boy. 52 years later, his career is going strong. You may know Rudy from his reoccurring roles on television in Resurrection Boulevard, Hunter. He's guest starred on a ton of television. You know, he's been in TV movies, The Blue Knight, Helter Skelter, Everybody Loves Baby, The Rescue of Jessica McClure, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, just to name a few. He's had many, many guest appearances on TV in George Lopez, NYPD Blue, JAG, Murder, She Wrote, you name it, he's done it. In film, some of his big films, Beverly Hills Cop 2 with Eddie Murphy, The Enforcer with Clint Eastwood. He's had starring roles in Colors, directed by Dennis Hopper, starring Sean Penn. The Driver with Ryan O'Neill, Kevin Bacon in Quicksilver, Defiance with Art Carney. I mean, you've, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's been there. He's done it. He's been in a ton of plays. I mean, I couldn't even start his theater resume. It's just ridiculous. He's been at the Mark Taper Forum, the John Anson Ford Theater, the Met, the Matrix, the Los Angeles Theater Center, Nosotros, South Coast Rep. New Mexico rep, you know, I mean, listen, the guy has been inducted into the Oklahoma Movie Hall of Fame. I am, I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on the show. Welcome to Hollywood Dream Maker, Rudy Ramos. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, thank you. It's, What's it's, happening, brother? <laughs> ain't nothing going on but the rent. It's paid, so we're good. That's good. That's a good got, thing. Got a kitty cat back there, photobombing. There you go. So, <laughs> That's so... I, first off, I got to I got to start by by telling you a little story. OK, uh, I was about mm, let's see, what year did Def- Defiance come out? Eighty one. Yeah, eighty one. Eighty one. That's right. So, yeah. Defiance. So yes. Let me see. 60s. I was born in 66. Let's do the math. I was I don't know. 15, maybe. Yeah. 15 years old. And I snuck, I used to sneak into the movie theater. That was my escape. I'd pay for one movie, but then I'd go from theater to theater and watch every movie. And and I remember I was 15 years old and I was in the height of my, you know, juvenile delinquent years. You know, I was kind of, what what am I going to do with my life? But I knew I had this acting bug inside of me, you know, and I was running around the streets and I I was kind of, kind of lost. And I remember sneaking into this movie theater and 
Defiance was playing on the big screen. And I remember a 15-year-old kid, I sat in that theater and I watched this movie. And it was, you know, if, if you haven't seen the movie, you got to go back, rent Defiance. with <clears throat> It's got Jan Michael Vincent. It's got Danny Aiello. It's Art got Carney. You know, it's Art Carney. Art, it's Art. it's got, got a great cast, but Rudy plays Angel, right? Your character's name, Angel. Angel Cruz. Angel Angel. Cruz. And Angel Cruz was the baddest of bad guys that, you know. And listen, I grew up in in Brooklyn in the 70s. So, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood where it was, you know, graffiti covered walls, you know, gangs. You know, we had the maceteros, the dirty ones, the assassinators. We had those real gangs in my neighborhood. They used to shoot, do shootouts and stabbings on my block, you know. So, I knew those that that character of Angel Cruz. I knew who he was. I mean, they, the dirty ones used to walk down my block with their golf clubs and their chains and their colors and their hats and the thing. And it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was a scary place, you know, growing up seeing that. I mean, I remember I used to be in fear to walk to the corner store to get, you know, milk because of of the guys hanging out on the corner. And then here I am in this movie theater and I'm watching this movie and here you come up on the screen and you're that guy. You know, you're that badass leader of this gang. And there was a scene in the movie where, I don't know, they're doing having a bingo game or something. And and, and it's uh-huh. in a church and there's a priest and the priest has got a crucifix and he's saying something to you. And you, you rip the crucifix off his neck and you say, now God is on my side. That's and right. I remember sitting there in a the theater thinking, Wow. I mean, I was just like this character that you played. I was just like, who is this guy? You know, (laughs) I truly I was like blown away by your performance in that movie. You know, well, you know, when we first met, that's the first thing that that you brought up. You know, I would like to tell your audience how you and I met you. You climbed over the fence (laughs) at Warner Brothers Studio. I've heard that on one of your podcasts before. And that's really a true story. I was filming. Quicksilver with Kevin Bacon and and Larry Fishburne. And (laughs) Billy climbed over the fence and there was some ruckus going down at the, we were on one of the streets on Warner Brothers. There was some ruckus going down at the other end and Paul Paul Rodriguez was in the film too. He was one of the stars of it. And he was saying something I couldn't, I couldn't hear him because I was too far away. And then my brother, who was my stand-in, came down the street with you, Billy. And he said, this is Billy Gallo. He wants to say hello to you. And then you told me the story about, you know, seeing Defiance like every Friday night with you and your buddies. And what do you want to do tonight? Let's go watch Defiance again. Okay. So that's how we met. And you, that story that, that you've told about climbing over the fence, you did sneak on the lot at Warner Brothers and you did climb over the fence because you didn't scoot past yes. the gate with those guards. You climbed yes, the fence so. or you weren't in. But that's how we met. And, and then you wanted to be an actor and you were driven then. And I could see it in your eyes. And I was like, I remembered that, you know, as, as I went on filming, I remember meeting you. And then like 10 years later, I'm doing a guest shot on Murder, She Wrote. And you're one of the other guest stars on the show. So we actually worked together, too. Yeah. And I saw that you had accomplished your mission. You were doing guest shots. There was some really good people in that show, aside from the stars of it. You know, Robert Beltran, very, very wonderful actor. And myself, you know, I was working a lot. And here you are right there with us. And I thought, all right, brother, 
That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember, you know, I remember I had just gotten into town, you know, and I went to Warner Brothers and I got to the gate and I see, you know, I Guy said, "Sorry, kid, you can't come in." <laughs> and I, I literally <laughs> told you that. <laughs> walked around the block, you know. I mean, I was, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn. I used to climb buildings all the time. Fences are no big deal, so I just jumped a lot. And I remember walking onto. They had you guys had a great, you know. It took place in this, like in in the city, so it was like a New York street yeah. kind of feel, or I don't know where it took place. Chicago, New York, one of those cities. It was supposed to be New York, but yeah, it was one of the streets there at Warner Brothers that they yeah. use for New York. But uh, here, a, here I am walking up onto that block, and it's like this looked real to me, <laughs> but you know the the walls were fake. They had were being held up by you know two by fours. And and then I remember seeing you, and I don't know if, I think you were bouncing a ball. I think you, you were bouncing a ball against yeah, the wall. A tennis ball. Yeah, you're bouncing a ball. And I remember coming up to you and asking you, why are you doing that? Yeah. And do you remember what you told me? Well, I don't remember what I told you, but I, I did it just to stay focused. And I was yeah, throwing because, it off the wall. And, yeah, you, know, so, and I, you know, people see, you know, the crew sees you that you're, you're doing something. They don't want to bother you. So I was just throwing that ball against the wall and I throw it against the wall. And so I, I just stayed, stayed really focused. That was an intense role. I, I believe that you told me that it, you were giving yourself, you were running your lines, but you were giving yourself something other to do, like focus on the ball, mm-hmm. not just on the lines. And yeah. I remember when I got cast in my, I got my very first audition and I, uh, it was for a TV series, The Fall Guy, and I got the part. And I asked the prop guy, I said, could you get me a tennis ball? <laughs> <laughs> so there I was throwing my tennis ball. Well, you know, it worked for me. You know, yeah, I'm sure that I was saying my lines, but I, I was also focused on the ball. So the lines, just you weren't thinking about lines, you were thinking about catching the ball because if you didn't catch it and it got past you, you had to go get it. So I was just throwing it, throwing it, and saying my lines, and thinking my lines, and then you know, pretty soon you realize that everything's cool for this scene, and now you can bring your personal work there too, because you're not worried about lines. That's when you can really get loose and bring it all out from the inside. So that was just a little something that nobody told me to do it. I had never seen anybody do it before. I just had a tennis ball with me. I don't know, I even know where I got it. And I started bouncing it off that wall and it, it you know, I liked it. I liked it. It just kind of gave me a, a little peace and, and also uh, some focus. Yeah. So I'm loving the, the sweatshirt, Yellowstone that you're wearing. And I got to tell you, you know, Rudy, I am so proud of you. You know, I'm so excited when I see you on Yellowstone, you know, you, I mean, you've really had such an amazing career, this journey. It's, you know, it's like Hollywood is a roller coaster ride. It's got its ups and oh, downs. Yeah. And yeah, there, yeah. there's times in, in your career where, you know, it's feast or famine. Sometimes you're doing three roles, or you have three auditions in a day, and sometimes you don't get one for six months. Yeah. You know, and I've watched your journey, you know, in this business. And to see you now at your age right now, Working yeah. on a show opposite Kevin Costner on a hit TV series, and I know during the journey, I know. I mean, I've, I've we've been friends for a long time. I remember the the times when you know you got injured and you hurt yourself. You know, you got I believe you got hit in the face with a horse. Yeah, of course, uh, kicked me in the face, and it it I had uh, five surgeries to rebuild this orbital, so I couldn't work for five years. Yeah, so I mean, you got you were out of the game. 
I was out of the game. I still had my agent and he would call me every once in a while, ask me if I wanted to go out. And, and I, I couldn't put that face as it was healing. It takes a long time to heal. I mean, this whole orbital was crushed, like stepping on a bag of potato chips. Actually, most people die from that or they stay kind of in a coma or, you know, not brain dead, but in a coma for 20 years or, and then they suddenly die. And I didn't. And I was a good patient. I, I wanted to heal and I wanted to heal. So I stayed real positive. I wanted to heal because I wanted to go back to work. And that was my driving, my driving force there. I, I wanted to go back to work, but I, I wasn't comfortable putting that face on film because film is forever and it wasn't vanity. It's just, I didn't like the way that I looked. And eventually I, after four surgeries, I found one person who was able to take it to the next level to where I could look at it. And, and, you know, and I, I didn't work. And then, you know, my agent finally retired. And, and I remember you contacting me and we were having lunch at four and 20 restaurant over at that diner over in, uh, it's not Studio City, but it's close, right there by Universal. And I was telling you, you know, I, I, I don't even have an agent anymore. And you, I remember your reaction. You went, what? And I said, well, I don't have an agent. I don't know how to look for an agent. My agent had retired, and I, I never, thank God, I never had to look for an agent. So I, I didn't really know how to present myself or do anything. You know, the computer was happening, and you know, you put a submission together and do it. And I didn't know how to do any of that. And you just said, you have to have an agent. I remember what you said. You have to have an agent. That's not right. You're Rudy Ramos. And you picked up your phone and you called somebody and you started, you need to see this guy. You know, he's Rudy Ramos, blah, 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 blah. So I went to see him and, and I signed. I signed with that guy. And he Got had you been back on the horse. He had, he had, you did get me back on the horse. He had been an agent of yours and you had moved on. And I stayed with him for uh, for a while. He wasn't for me, but it got me up and sort of back in the game again because I was just doing theater and not even much theater, but in theater, I was comfortable on stage. It wasn't like film. And it got me to motivated to find my next agent. And that was just because my niece told me about someone. And I said, well, I, I think, you know, maybe I'm too old. I'm just going to still do just do plays from now on, no, no more film. And she said, Uncle Rudy, blah, blah, blah. And she, she, she made a submission for me and sent it in with, you know, my reel, which was, you know, some really good work. And I signed with this agent. She called me right back and said, I'd love to represent you. So, you know, that's because of you, Billy. You know, that got me up and motivated again. And now I'm lucky to do stage and you know, back on the world stage again in Yellowstone. So that's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I owe you a big thank you, and I have thanked you before, but You're I'll welcome. thank you again now just on your show because I was okay not working. I hadn't done a film in about five years, and I hadn't had an agent either, and I, I wasn't looking, and I didn't know how, so I was fine. But, I, you know, I'm an actor, Billy. That's what I do. I never wanted to – I never thought I would work. I got into it in a real crazy way, which I won't go into because it's too long a story, but – that wasn't why I was in California. I came from Oklahoma and I just wanted to leave Oklahoma because I was a young boy and I saw there was nothing there for me. And I got out here and accidentally got involved in acting, had some wonderful training right off the bat. And within two years, 
I was in a TV series because it was the right place at the right time. And I was ready. I was ready enough for that part. And I remember my first acting workshop watching. It was a scene study class. And I was watching some really wonderful actors work. And it was professional class. And, and nobody there was off the street like me. I just happened to be sent to this man, Sherman Marks. He was my mentor for the first eight years of my my acting career. He was from the Actors Studio in New York. He, he ran the director's unit there when they first started up with Lee Strasberg. And he, he wouldn't let me work. He just, he just made me sit and watch these people. But I kept saying to myself, I can do this. I like it. I understand it. I can do it. I never had a dream about anything, but I've always had a lot of passion. And I've always followed my passion. And I'll, I'll, this became my passion. I wanted to get up there and do what they were doing. And finally, he let me work and he put me with the most experienced actress in the workshop, a lady by the name of Barbara Druid. She was a film actress, but she was a wonderful stage actress too. And I did my first scene in class and he wouldn't let you work any longer than five or seven minutes. He really wanted you to break it down beat by beat. And that's what you do. It, it, whether you're on stage or on film, you, you break it down, you go beat by beat, work from the inside out. And then, you know, it's one scene at a time. And that's what a movie is. That's what a script is. It's one scene at a time. So he taught me that in the beginning. And, and then he passed away. Like I was with him for about eight years and he passed and had a heart attack and died one day. And I really never studied with anybody else after that, but I knew who to plug into. Uh, Jimmy Victor, the wonderful actor, the guy who, James Victor, he was the priest in Defiance that I pulled that, that uh, cross off of. He was a big influence on me as a young actor, and he directed me in a couple of stage plays. And, you know, just meeting people like that, they always had little nuggets for me to just, like, take me to the next level. So that passion just continued to drive me. So when I wasn't working in film, I still had a passion to act, and I I got to doing a, a one-man show about Geronimo, which I've done for six years. Yeah. August 29 of 20. You're amazing. I saw you, you on stage. See it. <laughs> you were awesome. Uh, yeah. So, I, you know, again, that passion is just what drove me. And that was a seldom told story. What My story about Geronimo, it's a seldom told story. Most people don't know his side of the story. So, that again, it's another conversation. But it led to Yellowstone because I was doing Geronimo all around the country, wasn't working in film. So when I got the audition for Yellowstone, I was really sharp. I had been working. I wasn't sitting around wishing I could do another film. I was working on stage. I was just doing what I do, acting yeah. and, and working on it every day. So when I went in to read, I was ready. And I went in and I did my reading, not somebody else's reading. I did my reading. And I thought that probably there was two guys that I knew, both Academy Award nominees, probably get the role. Didn't bother me at all. I just went in, I did my role, and, and I got it. I mean, I did my, my reading. I got a call back, did it again, and here we are. You know, four years later, I'm still working on Yellowstone. And that's, that's... you don't expect something like this. I mean, this, that's the number one show in, cable show in the world. And I have a recurring part in it, a co-star. Yeah. 
But here's the, here's the key to the, the success is, you know, and, I, and I'm listening. And if you're a listener out there and you're listening, what did he do when he got here? Well, he worked on his craft. He worked on his craft. He studied his craft with a, a really good teacher from the actor's studio. And, you know, that preparation wound up getting an opportunity on the high chaparral. And you were ready when you went in there and you got that part. Yeah, Same I, thing. I, I was ready when I went to the High Chaparral. I didn't really have any film experience, but I was ready to work because I had been with that scene study class. And I, that character was really pretty much like me. So I just had to co- kind of connect with myself, which he, I was trained to do and bring it from the inside out. So, and then I would get little tips on the set from the, because I went into, I mean, it was really a veteran cast and they embraced me. But right off the bat, there was no jealousy. They helped me along. I, I, you know, Billy, you know me. I moved my head a lot. That's from being in the streets of Oklahoma. And I remember Cameron Mitchell telling me, pulled me over to the side. He didn't say it in front of people, but he said, you know, you, you, you need to hold your head still. You know, mm. you, move, you move your head too much. And he said, just keep it still. And I still remember that. And I still do it. And, but I'm aware of it now. And I'll ask people to watch him. I move in my head too much. That's not right. much to ask because I don't ask many questions. I, I know how to work. I've learned how to work. So little well, technical key. things like that that you picked up from other actors or a class like yours. I never had a class like yours until I had already done a series and some guest shots. I never had any film acting training. So what you're offering right now, you can't put a dollar value on it at all. I took one film acting class, but it was after I had already been working for three or four years and I learned some of the technical things because there was some real gaps in my work that really helped. So I encourage people if they want to be an actor, get some film acting classes like, like you do, Billy. What I love it, it, it'll teach you how to be on a real set. Yeah. What I love about this here, what we're doing right here, the zoom call, you know, when COVID hit, I had to pivot. I have a school without students. So I pivoted and, you know, the future of casting and the future of auditioning and the future meetings with directors, table, everything's going to be, this is it via Zoom. So, yep. you know, I'm enjoying working with this medium because it's a close up. You're in right, you know, right now you're in a medium, but you know, sometimes if you're doing a scene, I, we can do scene work. It cut, if you go to speaker view, yeah. it cuts, it cuts to you when you're talking, then it comes back to me. So it's coverage. I shot a whole short film with my students with eight actors. And, you know, there was a scene with a, you know, a couple at a, a table at a restaurant. And then I had another actor in his living room, you know, with the, the white shirt on with the whole, you know, playing the part of the waiter and coming in and the eye lines, where you're looking. And, and it was literally yeah. like, like I was in a booth, you know, cut to camera one, give me camera two, give me camera three, you know, and it was that kind of coverage. And, you know, when That's it's great. rehearsed, it's rehearsed properly and you really work on it and you're not, you're not, not treating this as a zoom, like a computer. It's just camera. You don't play it to camera, just like you would never look into a camera on a set. You know, you have your eye lines, you know, close to camera, camera, right, camera, left. So, and if you really have the other actors figure out the blocking of it, like, where are you looking? Where am I looking? And then it really works as coverage. It's just a close-up. So it's acting for film. And I can really tell by looking at somebody when I'm watching them on this, you know, if you're here in my theater on stage, you know, 
but now you're in a close-up. I can see this camera don't lie. I could see if you're lying, you know? So yeah. it's a beautiful tool and it's a great tool to be able to go back and look at it and go, oh, look what I'm doing. This is my frame. I'm moving yeah. around my frame too much. I'm moving, you know, my eye lines off. Going back and looking, you can learn a lot. It's a great from, from tool. What, from, from what, I'm glad you've discovered it. And, you know, I'm sorry about COVID, you know, as, as we speak tonight, my brother is in a hospital with COVID. And I'm he's so not in sorry great shape anyway. Thank you, Billy. And, you know, we both know a lot of people that have not made it or they're suffering the effects of it. But there's some positives that have come out of it, too. And one of them is your story that you found this and you you didn't let it defeat you. You found this. And now I think it's probably a new journey for you because you are a good teacher. You do have a lot of knowledge. But this what we're doing right now is what you just said. This is how I audition now. This is how you audition now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got this, I don't know, what do you call that? Black, you told a me I got light, it, yeah. but I don't know what it is. I just paid for it. What's it called? A ring light. A ring light. Yeah. Uh, and a setup here where, not this setup, but where I'm looking right now, curtain it off, and it's all because sudden becomes a little studio like you do when you have to go pay for uh, to do an audition scene. Great. So here and you're doing them right here because you're not going to be going to offices anymore. And you've you're now you're using this also as a business tool. I think that's great. So here's my my Happy note you. to you for you, Rudy, as an actor. Okay. And yes. This is my feeling about self tape submissions. Okay. And it's just my opinion. Okay. This is all new casting. It's new to casting. It's new to you know actors and everything, but. I'm not a big fan of the the wrinkled curtain, the sheet on the wall. I'm not a big fan of the actor, you know, holding sides, auditioning in front of a, a curtain. I don't believe in that. I believe, you know, prepare your material. Know this better than everybody else. Outwork, out prep, out choice, out everything. And then I want you to think about the given circumstance. What does this take place? Well, it takes place in a, uh, I'm playing a detective and I'm interrogating, you know, the criminal. Okay. Well, do I really want to be with a curtain behind me? Is that real? No. Let me find a gray wall. Something that looks real, like an interrogation. What's my wardrobe? What am I wearing? Am I, am, am I wearing the detective's jacket? You know, so all of the elements, you're giving it, you're serving it up to them going, look, here it is. You're yeah. leaving nothing to the imagination. Now, I'm saying, I'm not saying you don't want to have a bunch of distractions, but you want to fill the frame with whatever the given circumstances of the scene is. You, the actor, have to become the producer, the wardrobe lady, the makeup person, the set design, everything, editor, lighting, all of those elements, when you put them together and give me the performance, and now it's all about the performance, but if you give me, bear your soul, if you take your truth and you substitute and you personalize and you give it to this character and you expose it there, and then me, the casting director, I'm watching tape, wrinkled curtain guy, acting, 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 boom, there's somebody being truthful and you're showing me who the character is. That's how you change my mind. That's how I go, oh my gosh, that's him. That's the character. Yeah. You know, and that's your job as an actor. Your job is to change their mind. They may think they want to go that way, but as soon as they see you and your choices and what you're doing with the role, you're showing them it's a no brainer. We got to go with Rudy. He's the guy. Just like when you walk in in Yellowstone, they saw you, they saw you, what you did, your choices and stuff like that. And they knew immediately when I saw it, this is the guy. Yeah, they did. 
And I agree with that, uh, you know, with the thing. That's just the setup that I've got. I didn't do it. My wife did it. But, uh, yeah, I, I do dress the way I'm supposed to be dressed. I, other Aside from the curtain thing, yeah, I do do that. I don't just go in with a jean jacket and think that I'm so good that, you know, I'm going to do this. I go in character. I've always awesome. gone in character. I've always gone in character. And sometimes it was, you know, it scared people, especially if it was that kind of role. It was a little too real. I remember my uh, one agent that I had for 25 years, uh, Craig Wyckoff, and he was a wonderful agent. He was my agent too, Craig. <laughs> yeah, he, he, Epstein Wyckoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and, and he, he's a good agent, but he, he said, you know, you, you need to tone it down in these auditions. You're scaring people, especially the women. <laughs> and that caught me really off guard because that's what I'm in there for. That's what he told that's me. The, that's the part. <laughs> yeah, well, you're that intense too. So I didn't, I didn't really listen to that, yeah. but I thought about it. And I would, you know, and I'd see other actors around too. There was a couple I can remember and they would dress the part. They, whatever they were, whatever we were auditioning for, they would dress the part. And then I started watching that and I thought, maybe I should do that too. You know, you start working a lot and you think, well, I don't need to do that. But, or, you know, when I saw it, I thought, well, let's just take it the next step. So I agree with that. that you know, I, this is new to me, auditioning, uh, self-tape. Yeah. I've, I've done self-tapes before, but I would go somewhere and, and that was the setup that they had. It wasn't like what you just described. It was just a dark background. And I've had light backgrounds before and that's that doesn't happen. A dark background, background I have right now, that wouldn't I wouldn't do that for a self-tape. But this is a different deal. This is a it's a personal thing. Me and you, we're buddies. Yeah. Long time. So but no, I, I agree with that. Just do it right. Because, you know, a lot of actors, listen, you've been in this game for, you know, a long time. I mean, you know, you got seven decades yeah. <laughs> in the business and, you know, it's changed. The business has changed drastically from like yeah. back in the day with the whole black and white headshot and, you know, yeah. walking around. You know, now it's the digital age, you know, it's all yes. about you, you got a little thumbnail. That picture has to pop. Yeah, If I'm a cast and I'm looking through yeah. thousands of submissions, uh, your picture is that headshot's got a pop that I want to click on it. And then once I click on it and I see your resume, I'm going to be, okay, well, where's the demo reel? You know, so you better find, okay, well, what's your castability? What's your star power? And have that so that they see it immediately. And it's right there. And once they see that, then it's like, okay, let's bring him in. Let's get a self tape. But you know, what I'm finding is a lot of actors over the, you know, they're not a lot of older actors are not comfortable using the technology this now. And you have to, yeah, I understand yeah. that, Billy. My wife happens to be really good with a computer. If this was up to me, I probably wouldn't have bothered to learn it. And that would be defeating myself. But it is helpful. You do need to learn it. So I did as much as I could, but I got some help here. You seem to like do your own, all of your own stuff. But, you know, you're younger than me. I just came just to, I was a late bloomer to the technical world. And I'm a little behind, but... I don't have to do the things that I once did. So what I do know is what I should know. And that's helpful. And and this light that, what'd you call it? The, the ring light. The, the ring light. That was a gift from, you know, the actor Barry Corbin. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I know his Barry's a good Chris, friend. Chris Barry's Corbin. a very good friend of mine. His wife saw, I think, one of my self tapes. And she suggested this light, this ring light. So, I didn't know what it was, so she just bought it, and sold it, and sent it to me. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and and then my wife put it together, and now we're using it. But you know, and Zoom, 
You know, I uh, this is uh, 2020 was my first experience with Zoom. And I see a, a lot of I've watched, you know, you, you said you did a film on it. I, I think that somebody who knows what they're doing, you, very, that you, you could do that. But I've watched some readings on Zoom. And I, w- I was shocked that it was as powerful as it was. But these were really good actors. And they they did use their script, but they didn't use their script. They knew the part. And it was like it was really like watching a movie. So so uh, so note to actors, you know, of all, you know, but really and I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the listeners out there. Get comfortable with this technology. You yeah. guys are so blessed that you have a movie making machine in your pocket. You can film on your phone. You can edit on your yeah. phone. You can do voiceover work. You can you can do everything. You can write a script and you can speak into and, and create a, a, a project yourself. You don't need anybody. Back yeah. in the day when we were running around, Rudy, we had to, you know, we had to have our hand out going, hey, can you give us a job? But now, you know, th- there's so many places you can have your own TV series on YouTube, you know, yeah. that you create yourself, your own YouTube channel, or you can have your own IG reels or Instagram or, or you know, there's f- your own Facebook page to show your talent. Back yep. in the day, we had to knock on doors oh, and yeah. hope that somebody would let us in to audition. And, and that's the only way we got a piece of material is, you know, if we got Jan Natarno to record our, guest star on uh, murder she wrote you know yeah, and then the go over to, and then you'll have to pay that guy to edit it into a demo reel but now yeah. you can create your own stuff you know whatever it is you see yourself casting yeah. you get to create it yourself yeah yeah jan natarno that just that, that he was he was my jan? first editor too for, jan, for jan my video. reel he was everybody's he was the yeah. only game in town he was the guy he had the monopoly on that <laughs> yeah so, yeah he did yeah it's it's changed a lot and and i'm grateful for it i enjoy it I wished I knew more, but I'm learning a little bit at a time. I don't need to know as much as you know as far as yeah. this this technology. But I, I, when I get around people like you and, and and other people that I'm around, and I watch what they do, I'm a quick learner. So I, and I see what you can do with it, and I I, I love it. I, I love the way well, this is well, going. Well, here- here's here's what I would love to do. Next time you have one of those self tape auditions, call me up. <laughs> I'll, 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 hook, I'll hook you up. Okay. <laughs> you know? Sounds good. Guide you through that. Because that's what I do all day long. I mean, I, I build demo reels. I have people in different states and country, you know, and I teach them. I have people that couldn't, didn't even know how to turn on their phone now, but now they're creating these amazing pieces of material that really highlight their talent. Well, you know, on uh, with my self-tapes, uh, we do do it with my phone. Uh, right now, yeah. I'm on my wife's computer. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and phone, it's fine. It's, it looks great. Sure. So I'm learning how to do that kind of stuff. And then so mo- it's fun, that right there. Yeah, yeah. So, but most people don't know that, you know, when they film themselves, they have this part, the phone facing them, but the better camera is this camera on the back. Yep. So you want that, the camera on the back facing you. So you're not looking at yourself and that's the camera that's filming you because it's a better camera. You know, there's a little technical things. That yeah, that know. is a little technical thing. I never thought, well, I never do it. My wife does it, but, uh, yeah, it's it's real interesting. It's uh, it's taken it to another level. I think the older actors probably have to have somebody do it for them. It, I think the younger actors, it's really important that they learn how to do it themselves and not depend on anybody. And, and, and also, have, it, it will save you a lot of money too. It's spent. It's expensive. It's expensive. To, yeah, you. And I, I don't live in Los Angeles. I don't even live in Los Angeles County. I live in Ventura County, 
So I was going to Glendale to have somebody self-tape me until all of this happened. And then I thought, well, I have to learn it now. Sure. And I did. You know, we got a little tripod, a small one, and we got a big one on that ring light that's got a place where you can. And so it's, you know, as we've gone through the business, you know, you, however long you've been doing it, I've been doing it 52 years and, and it's changed. Some of the changes, I wasn't too crazy about it, but this this change, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying this. And, and it's it's all come from, it happened on a larger scale because of something bad. But I've really tried to stay positive through all this COVID. And I, I am looking forward to, you know, better days, more positivity. I, I think that this is, this is some really funky shit. And I, I think that we can... We can get beyond it, you know, if everybody would just get on the same page, you know, yeah, take, take right. it serious because it is serious. It is serious, uh, you know. I think it has to happen to you, but I, I won't go, I won't go that, that road with the politics thing, but just, um, it's changed a lot. And this is one of them. And people are taking advantage of it. I, you've got your own show. I'm doing your show right now. Yeah. But, you know, so, that came out of COVID. I mean, really, yeah. it came, it came and, out of that. I didn't have time to do it. I wanted to do it. I thought about it. But, you know, I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. But, you know, during this time, I said, you know what, I got a little extra time on my hands. Yeah. Why not do it? And I took action. And I made it happen. And yeah, you I got to tell you, it's opened up a whole new world to me, Rudy, because, you know, I've been blessed. I've had a very successful studio here for the past seven years in Manhattan Beach. Yeah. But, you know, I'm tied. I was tied to the brick and mortar here. This is this was it. You know, if you didn't live in the South Bay or you drove from Hollywood to get here, which I had a lot of students that did that, but that was it. Now yeah. I'm global. I'm in countries yes. I can't even freaking pronounce. You know, yeah. okay. so you know, it's opened the door to, for me to share. You know, my 35 years of experience in the business. You know, what I've learned along the way, you know, my, my whole objective with this podcast is to help people achieve their dream faster. Don't listen, listen to the golden nuggets that my guests are giving you, you know, learn from their mistakes, you know, inspirational stories. I mean, listen, your story to me is so inspirational. And Rudy, I know a lot of people, I've been in this business a long time, you know, 35 years professionally, you know, since I came, I jumped that wall in Warner Brothers in 1985, you know, but you know, I knew very early on, you know, I made my first movie at 11. So I knew very early on I wanted to do this. And I've seen a lot of people come and go in Hollywood. Yeah. I've, seen, I've, I've seen them come in. I've seen them leave on the bus, on the plane. I've seen people quit. I've seen people give up. I've seen actors that have a long, long line of IMDb credits. They've worked in some big, big projects, you know, in the 80s, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, or whatever. And now they're not doing anything. They've pretty much given up on themselves. They've given up on their career. They let Hollywood take them down. And this business will take you down. It will make you have self-doubt. What am I doing? Should I, you know, do something else? All the noise is going to jump into your brain. Oh, I didn't get that part, you know. And it's not, it's don't listen to the noise and follow your passion. And, and if it's in you and this is your true passion, this is what fills you up. Then you keep going and you keep going. And Rudy, you could have quit. You could have quit when you got hit by the horse and you had five years out, you could have quit, you know, just did some play, but you did not quit. You stayed in it. And that is why you're on a hit TV series right now, because you didn't quit because you never know when the next role could be the one that puts you on the map. 
You know, that is so true. I think that most people who know me when that happened thought that I would probably go off the deep end. And and I didn't. I stayed real positive. I wanted to get well. I wanted to work again. I love acting. I love actors. Uh, You know, I like the times in my life when I've been called an actor's actor. I I like hearing things like that. And that's just it's about loving it and being passionate about it and practicing what you preach. I mean, I still do relaxation exercises every day. I get a little tense about something and I'll go into the back bedroom here and I'll just sit in the chair like I'm sitting now. And I, you know, remember when Sherman Marks was teaching me before we started class, we'd do a relaxation exercise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe 20 minutes of sitting in chair, you know, the exercise. Yeah, um, and that's just something that you always, that never leaves you at well, all. I, I love little that. things like that. You know, I, I just enjoy doing. So well, it's, you- it's the right thing for me. That's for sure. you, you are the actor's actor because, you know, it's it's, you know, some actors only act when they have an audition or they only act when they get a part, you know, yeah. but you're you're constantly working on your craft. You've you've, you've appeared on stage. You, you know, I mean, I, I've seen you on stage many, many times. I've come to see you at Nosotros. I've seen you on stage doing Geronimo. I've seen you, you know, you're constantly working on your craft and all of that preparation comes together with an opportunity, an audition for Yellowstone. And, yeah. and that's when you come in guns blazing because you're prepared. You've been working yeah. on your craft. You've acted last night. You know, you were working on something last night, not six months ago. And, and you know, Billy, to add to that, you can get better as you grow older. I feel, I feel I'm a better actor now than I was when I was in my thirties and forties and was really doing a lot of big films and stuff and they were good roles, but I've just kept working and I've, I've found things. I found new things. Listen, and I just got better and, and more confident. I don't know if sitting out for five years had anything to do with it. I just think it's the people that, that I've listened to that I've watched work. They inspired me. I can remember going to a movie. I didn't even know you were in it. And all of a sudden my wife, hit me and says, that's Billy. And I said, I know that's Billy. And you know, when you see somebody like that, it's a joy. You know, I know how much you wanted it when you came as a young actor. And I know that you had worked. I had, we had already worked together, but now you're like doing a big film. And it was, it was the, you played the police officer at crash, crash, crash. It was Academy Award film. Yes. Academy Award nominated film, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It won two Academy Awards. You had a great part in that. Yeah. So, you know, that's, and you can get, you if you choose to. And I just always wanted to be better. I just always wanted to not better than somebody else. Just me get yeah. better, Rudy, get better. And I have, I, well, think yeah, I, know. Better, I think I'm a better actor as an older actor I, than I, I was as a younger. Actor. I watched you and you know, there was a beautiful scene with you and your grandson in Yellowstone when, you know, he's sitting on the swing and you're having a conversation yes. with him. There was some beautiful work in that. I mean, there was yeah. some subtle stuff that, you know, I see it. I see you, you know, you grow as an actor. If somebody tells you, you know, I got this acting thing down. I know I'm a pro at it. They're full of shit. They don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) You know, this is something you you grow, you grow all the time. You know, I'm, I, you know, I love doing doing what I do because I'm acting all day long. I'm everybody's scene partner. I'm directing. I'm all day long. I act talk about 10,000 hours. I've put in so many hours, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, I'm writing a film right now. I'm looking forward to getting in front of the camera again because I have, I've really been working on my craft. You know, I was like hard for the past seven years. 
like straight, yeah. you know, well, you're a wonderful teacher, but you know, you, I agree with that, Billy, you, you do need to, to act. Oh, I do. I, I you can, you do. can teach it, you know, till you blue in the face, but there's nothing like doing it. No. So for me, and, and, Rudy, you know what I, I found? I know that you have a passion about that. Oh, I love, I love the crap. I love acting. You know, it's really, I, you know, I've been blessed. I've been a working actor for a long time. And since you started. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, when I jumped that wall and I had a dream and I wanted to be an actor and I, yeah, I, there was no more, I was so excited when I saw my call sheet and I saw your name on it on Murder, She Wrote. And I remember going, holy shit. And I remember, yeah. I think I think it was in makeup or something. I came up to you and I said, hey, you remember me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the makeup artist told me, she says, you know, there was a young actor in here and he told a great story about you, how he met you and climbed over this wall and everything. And I yeah. said, Billy Gallo? And he said, yeah, and about that time you came into the, yeah. to the, to, to the uh, makeup room. And that was, uh, I don't know if you remember this, that was in like 1994. Four. We had the, the Northridge earthquake. So there was, uh, they shut us down. There was force yes. majeure. So yeah. I made more money on that episode of Murder, She Wrote. You know, we all did. They, they had to pay us. They had to hold us for another whole another week. You no, know, they, they tried to get out of it, but they didn't do it. But yeah, that was the bad earthquake. We had worked one day and then they shut us down. And we had our dressing rooms right, right there where all that asbestos that was being thrown into the yeah. dumpsters. That probably didn't do our lungs any good, but but we made it out of there. But that was a bad earthquake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. I, I, yeah, yeah. That was a fun shoot. It was fun working with you. Yeah, it was a blast. And Robert you know, Robert Beltran yeah. too. Yeah, Robert Beltran played my dad. He was a mean, the mean dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, play, yeah. I played a graffiti artist, Chris. You know, Billy. Be, before uh, be, I, I know you probably got to get going because you've been going all day. But before you know, we talked about my Geronimo show. I canceled at the White Fire Theater three times in 2020 because I just wasn't comfortable. You know, it was it was a solo festival. And every night, seven nights a week for two months, there's a solo show. Brian Rasmussen uh, gives actors a wonderful opportunity to go, you know, show their stuff and, and have people, uh, you know, people come in, uh, you know, agents and, and whoever they want to see them come in and they have their night. And everybody works really, really hard on it. So he has allowed me to be there three on three different occasions. And two of the occasions, he offered me the opportunity to do six shows, you know, every Saturday night for six weeks. And most people just get one show. He's been really kind to me, but he loves that story. So he invited me to do it again this year because I was going to, you know, this was going to be uh, 2020 was going to be my final year of, of doing my show it's called Geronimo Life on the Reservation simply because of the COVID it wasn't safe to go around so I canceled out twice and then he called me one more time and said well would you like to close the festival we're going to close it on August 29 so I did and he was somebody who had thought enough in advance but he started buying streaming equipment several years ago about five years ago so when this happened all the theaters in los angeles shut down except for the white fire he still had the solo festival he was just live streaming them and, wow. it, and it works so we did that and then after that he did another solo show for black artists and now he's doing one more solo show and it's kind of like the best of the best in the month of february and he's asked me to come and do my Geronimo show, you know, with that. So people who, who might be interested in it, but that didn't know about it, that listened to your podcast, 
if you are interested in Geronimo and his his side of the story as to what really happened, it's really a great show. It's a one hour show, and you can go to if you don't mind me, Billy. Absolutely. Uh, you can go to uh, whitefiretheater.com, and it be, be the month of February, and they'll have a calendar up as to you know when my show will be playing. I haven't decided which day. I'm going to probably decide tomorrow, but I just wanted to make people aware of it. That it's a real nice deal over there. Whatever money is made, you're going to split it with the theater. But because of the situation, because he's trying to stay open, whatever money I make, I'm going to give it back to the theater. So it's probably going to be like $15 for a ticket. And just go to yeah, well, White Fire. I've uh, seen the play. Whitefiretheater.com. White yeah. So I've seen the play. I highly recommend it. Rudy's amazing as Geronimo. I'll leave the website in the show notes so you can click on there oh. and you can uh, Thank you, Billy. Go, go right to Whitefire Theater. It's a great little theater. I've seen you on stage at the Whitefire. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I used to work out at the Whitefire Theater, at the Actors Gym with Bobby Moresco. Yeah, Bobby so, had that class there, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I love that theater. And, and if you're in L.A. and you can catch Rudy in Geronimo, absolutely. You definitely want to see him. I definitely want to tune into uh, Yellowstone. What's it on? Yellowstone what? is on Paramount uh, Network. The Paramount, Paramount Network. Network. Yeah. They have their own network now. It's a cable. It's a cable show. So it's Paramount Network. I have Spectrum TV. It's channel 116. I think the other cable servers, it's on a different channel everywhere, but it's uh, it's Paramount Network. It's well advertised whenever, you know, we'll come on again for season four in June. So, uh, so just a quick question. So have you filmed during COVID? What's the COVID protocol? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, I went to Montana in October I was a little nervous about it because I wasn't really crazy about getting on an airplane or an airport, but they had a COVID protocol that was top notch. They had everything covered. And before I left, I was comfortable. Uh, you know, you had to get tested before you left and then you had to be on a plane, but in 72 hours. And when I got to, I was in Missoula, uh, Montana and uh, I was quarantined for six days. And then on the seventh day, I was tested again. I tested before I left uh, uh, Southern California. And then I got tested again. And then you were tested uh, three times a week on set, Monday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Everybody was on board with it. Every, uh, same thing for everybody. It didn't matter. Kevin uh, Costner, me, and everybody that was on that set was tested. Everybody wore a you mask. You still have to wear your mask. Before takes and you take I got so used to wearing my mask that, you know, when we were getting ready to shoot, you know, the, the camera operator, if I, we shoot everything with three cameras, <laughs> would say, Rudy, what? take your mask off. Because <laughs> you just get used to wearing it. And, uh, you know, and I was focused on, on the work and I forgot I had my mask on. They had to tell me like three different times, take your mask off. So hey, you know, they had, a, I felt really safe on set. I really did. I, I felt safe on set because everybody was on the same page. Everybody wore a mask. And when we were filming inside, as soon as the you know, cut, all the doors and windows were open. So they had a real top-notch program and protocol. And there was a lady there from Viacom who owns you know, Paramount Network. Viacom and CBS own Paramount Network. And she was like making sure that everything was done properly. Just, I remember talking to her. I said, oh, so you're the snitch. And she would, well, that's not exactly what I would call myself. And I said, I'm just kidding. 
but she was there to make sure that we were all protected and That's we were. Cool. And I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to going back again. Great. I got to tell you, I'm so proud of you, Rudy. I, I, you know, to see you on this hit TV series, you know, I know the journey, I know the roller coaster ride, you know, yes. and it's, yeah, your you passion. Do. it's your passion that's kept you on that roller coaster ride. And now, you know, you're in a high, you know, I've seen, I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it so many times, you know, I remember, uh, Robert Forster, you know, yes, I remember Robert, you know, Robert sure, had a great career in the seventies and then, you know, he's kind of was doing little guest spots here and there and he kind of disappeared. He and I had fallen off the map a little bit, but he kept in there. And then, you know, Quentin Tarantino decided to cast him in Jackie Brown and boom, yep. all of a sudden he was back on the map again. And, so you know, and, know, and he stayed there until his untimely yep. death, which I think was last in 2020. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah. And he was always a wonderful actor and yeah. he was even better as he got older. Yeah. He was, he was a good more, guy too. He was more interesting. God rest his soul. Yeah. Yeah, he did pass away this past year. But yeah, you know, Billy, it's an honorable profession. You know, people can say what they want about it. But I've worked pretty much most of my 52 years. I've had a lot of ups and downs, a lot more ups than downs. But I've ridden the roller coaster. It's an honorable profession. Being an actor is an honorable work to do. I'm not saving lives. You're not saving lives, but we're, we're entertaining people and you, you got to entertain people. And it's, it's, it's been good for me because it's kept me off the streets, <laughs> but no, it's, it's an honorable profession. And I, I've, I've never really had to do anything as an adult, but acting, you know, when I had that injury, I, I chose to not work and I got a job as a bartender. And I was a little nervous about that because I thought, well, I don't, you know, people are going to say, didn't you used to be, and you know what? Nobody said that. Everybody said, weren't you in defiance? Weren't you in this, weren't that? And, and they recognize you and they wanted, you know, want your autograph or something. And I'm bartending. They were supportive. And it just kind of, I thought, well, that's cool. So that was one fear. And I should have done this as a younger actor. When I wasn't working I, and spending all that money I was making, I could have been adding to it. So, it, it, you know, this isn't, acting is like life. It's just... It's all about learning and growing. Yeah, listen. And that's the way I've chosen to live my life. That's the way I've conducted my acting career. Just learn and grow, learn and grow. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I was watching you um, last night. It was, I, I Googled High Chaparral and I saw you on that horse, you know, and young Rudy galloping away and you know just and it's really like riding a horse man i mean sometimes you get kicked off that horse sometimes you get kicked in the face by the horse you know sometimes yeah. you get knocked off the horse but you just got to get back on the horse again yeah, and you find know. the joy of riding the horse because then that's when you know it pays off because then those roles come along like this role that you're playing right now i mean the only reason you're doing it is because you got back on the horse yes so I'm super proud of you, brother. Thank you. I, I hope that, you know, to your listeners, your young actors, I hope it serves as, as an inspiration. Just follow your passion. Get good training. And don't worry about the rest of it. Don't worry about the red carpet. Don't worry about what time it is or what day it is. Just keep learning and growing. And if it's meant to be, your time will come. And if it's not, then it won't. And you'll still have a, a wonderful journey because it's an honorable profession. I couldn't make it any simpler than that. It's a very honorable profession. So, and I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm proud of, you know, you know p people like you, Billy, and the people that we've met through here. You know, uh, there's a lot of 
nice people in this profession. There's a lot of bad people in this profession, but there's bad people all over the place. I don't really gravitate towards bad people. I was raised around bad people. So were you. I got away from that. So when I see it, I just kind of go the other other way or, or just walk on past it. But I've enjoyed this journey. I, like I said, I never thought about working. I was just enjoying training. And when I did think about it, I'd never thought about doing a film or a play. I didn't think I would, but I was just loving training. It's, I was fine with that. And then I started working and I still kept training. I'm working now and I, I still train. I just trained myself. So Really, thank you for having me on your show. It's, it's my uh, honor, Rudy. It's, it, my, it's my honor. It's so great to see you. It's been a while. I mean, I don't remember. We haven't seen each other in a while. In a while. Yeah, but we have. We've talked, too. Yeah, We've always but, stayed in touch. But, you know, but, there's certain people in your life that you meet. You know, you meet them and you just know. I mean, listen, we met in 1985 four, when I had four. Five. Whenever, when I jumped to five, when I jumped over the wall. It was you know, 85. And, 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 I mean, look at the time. I mean, we're in 2020. I mean, to think about it now. It's, I know. It's, it's crazy, you know, but, yeah. you know, I, I love you, Rudy, and I'm so proud of you, and I wish the best for you. And, you know, once this COVID craziness ends, you know, I look forward to getting together and, and sitting down and breaking some bread and, and hanging Me out. too, Billy, me too. And again, thank you for having me on your show. I thought uh, you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's my honor. But, I, you know, I, I listen to your show too. So, you know, to, to awesome. be on it, it's an honor. Well, well thank and, you for uh, listening. It's, it's, good, it's good talking to you. It's good talking to you, brother. Stay right. safe. Stay healthy. I'll, I'll pray for you, brother. Please do. And, Please uh, do. I don't want him to suffer. Hey, you know, he's he's got to fight. Yeah. You know, he, it might. It, I don't know what's going to happen to him. I really don't. I just, I'm just, well, just I'm just going to pray for him. Keep the, keep the faith. Yeah, I'll keep God, the faith. God bless All right, Billy. You. We'll talk right. soon. Talk soon. All right, brother. Be safe. Love you. Okay. Love you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.